One of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist, Jason DeRussia. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as DeRussia eats. Thank you for spending time with us. I'm Jason DeRussia, coming at you from WCCO Radio in Minneapolis. I'm the food editor of Minnesota Monthly Magazine. And we talk food here on Odyssey and on to Russia Eats. Today, we're talking about taking a risk. Three business owners coming together at one restaurant, another starting her own thing. Jumping into small business ownership, no doubt, can mean taking a big risk. Carl Benson, Marie Dwyer, they were running Cooks of Crocus Hill. It was kind of a kitchen supply store, beautiful plates, beautiful cookbooks, all sorts of great stuff. And they had a cooking school. They decided it was time to reinvent. And they brought in another owner, a nationally known chef, Gavin Kaysen, to help build a bakery into a permanent part of their home goods and kitchen store. Now it's called Cook's Belcor. They have a bunch of locations, and in many ways, they're ahead of the national curve when it comes to bringing destination, bringing dining or a coffee shop into a retail landscape. You'll love their story. And I love Vanessa Drews, such an innovative business owner. She credits an encounter with the famous rock star Prince for helping her leap into owning her own cheesecake business. She calls it Cheesecake Funk. Vanessa took a risk, leading a, leaving a corporate job to try to make it happen, doing something she loves. That's what all of these business people have in common. And we hope you love their stories. Episode 10 of DeRussia Eats. 50 years for Cook's Belcor. Now it's Cook's Belcor. People may know it uh, under its prior incarnation. Right, Marie? This, you've been with this for a long, long, long time. I have. You, you're so young. It's impossible I to believe. Know, not she came right out years. of high school. Yeah, right. Was good. Yes. You haven't been here the full 50 years. No, but. not the full. I would have been nine. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't doing this at nine. Um, for 30 years, Cooks of Crocus Hill is uh, where we started um, the, the concept that is now Cooks Belcour. So, yeah. A lot of people, I think, know it for cooking classes. You've mm-hmm. gone to, uh, you know, whether it was a, a gift, a holiday, it's such, we've definitely, like, taken my mother-in-law to a cooking class at Cooks, like very common uh, retreat, different things like that. Yep. But you guys specialize in selling stuff for the kitchen, right? We do. We sell lots and lots of cookware and knives and gadgets and tools, everything you need to make dinner tonight, brunch tomorrow, breakfast. I mean, we've got all kinds of tools. We also have packaged foods as well, so olive oils and vinegars and pickled things and salts and peppers and Everything to make food delicious. Carl, in a time when I think a lot of people are looking at retail and saying, all right, I don't know what the future is for retail. You guys have uh, still been doing well. What do, what, do you th- what do you attribute that to? Well, well's a difficult, yeah, yeah. lot of finger challenges. <laughs> have you been doing yeah. well? How, how would you, you know, describe you know, how it's going? Retail is, we, it's like you're either moving or you're dying is mm-hmm. kind of how it's gone. And it's been that way for a long time, I think. You know, before the pandemic, it was the retail apocalypse and the e-commerce apocalypse. And now all the stores are closing and Main Street is vacant. And it's about staying 
like putting a lot of energy. It's our, our relationship, Marie and mine, with Gavin is to say, how do we stay relevant? How do we change? How do we grow? How do we evolve? We have a big T-shirt on, our, on the wall, literally in the office, deconing an artist. We bought it at the MoMA. And the T-shirt says, I have to change to stay the same. And if staying the same is staying in business, then we darn sure better change in order to stay in business. So it's, uh, it's a never-ending evolution. Gavin, Gavin Kaysen became a part of the business in, well, you, you did a pop-up in the COVID times, yep. right? In yeah, 2020. Yeah. yeah. And what drew you, well, Spoon and Stable is right across the street, but what, what drew you to, to these guys? Well, there was a lot of things. I mean, one, Spoon was across the street. Um, two, we sparked a friendship right when they moved in. And Cooks of Crocus Hill, my parents grew up in St. Paul, so I've always known the brand Cooks of Crocus Hill. Uh, and then when COVID hit and all of those rules were put in place for everybody, you know, we sort of realized that in order for them to get the retail open, if we did a pop-up, then they could open, essentially. So mm-hmm. we found ways to help our business, help their business. And what really sparked us in doing it was once Moose and Sadie's closed. Because for that neighborhood, once Moose and Sadie's closed, we kind of – Kind didn't of the kind of, North Loop coffee yeah, shop, pastry we lost the destination. Main, we lost that main sort of yeah. place of, of gathering. And so I called them and I said, can we do a pop-up and we can create this gathering? Because you also had lost the uh, Bachelor Farmer Cafe. So yep. there really was yep. not much of a – for the number of people who were there. There was nothing. There was nothing. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then mm-hmm. Dunn Brothers went yep. away. Dumblers was, oh, that's right. was up on Washington. There were two coffee shops that were going to go in sort of within the block area. There was a food – like a quasi-food hall going to go and that never opened. And so North Loop literally was – desperate for something in in those COVID, early COVID times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when we opened, it was, um, you know, everything had been boarded up and, you know, it was kind of trash blowing down the street. And um, so we put flowers in the flower boxes and croissants in everyone's hand, and it was just this thing of beauty. So it really took off. It did really, really well. We've got... uh Carl and Marie and Gavin from Cook's Belcor, you rebranded just uh, just this year, right? We did just this year. And what was that? What was that decision process about or like? Uh, a couple things. One is that um, when we brought the two brands together for the pop up, we felt that it was really. Um, it was two kind of iconic brands coming together. It added a food component that really married up with what Cooks of Crocus Hill had been doing for years and years, which is we share discoveries about food. Um, and so this year, after we ran the experiment since 2020, we felt that we really wanted to bring all of the components together. So when we opened Edina, um, which we opened in May... We put our sights on that as being a rebrand, create a new name, and carry this concept of the cooking school, retail, private events, and bakery all under one roof. Um, And so we did that in Edina, and now we've carried it through to the other two stores as well. I would also add that that's not a new thing. Martha Kemmer started Cooks in 1973, and uh, it opened as Thrice, Mm. and it became Cooks of Crocus Hill because... The St. Paul stores in Crocus Hill. It was so in that neighborhood, right? Right there. So the right. evolution to Cook's Bell Corps, you know, there's precedent for that. And, and actually, history. it's a little scary, though, right? Whenever you take a brand that people know, you're like, well, you took two brands and melded mm-hmm. them together, but you still, you never know until you hang the shingle out and say, this is what we're doing. Well, it's yeah, why it we didn't be called, uh, yeah. we, did, we didn't go for, and we looked at 
uh, Cook's Bob's Donuts. Yeah, that just didn't feel right. <laughs> None of us are Bob. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have like, been a tough story to tell, been, Gavin. Tough yeah. sell for yeah. me. Uh, you know, for you, obviously, Belcor was a brand that was uh, your restaurant mm-hmm. in Wyzetta, yeah. and then also the name of the bakery. But I'm sure, you know, deciding, all right, is this part of my future as yeah. a as a, a business owner yeah. and a restaurateur yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of it is to what you said earlier, you know, taking two very well-known brands and then putting them together. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's like there is a part of it that makes it a hard decision, but the hard part is only because it's emotional, Hmm. right? And then the emotion is really sort of driven a little bit through ego. So if you get through all of that and you realize like, well, why are we doing it? We're doing it for a complete, we're doing it for the right reasons. That's why we did the pop-up. That's why we put a store over. That's why we put the bakery in St. Paul. That's why we're now opening Dinah, which was then open in May. Like Marie said, then it all really made sense. And it was a very easy decision at that point because it was so much already those two brands together that it didn't make sense to have them separate anymore. Was the, the COVID times, we've talked a lot in this segment about how challenging it was for restaurants. For you guys in a, a retail operation, you know, in the heart of the city, you live in St. Paul, yep. right? Yeah, four blocks from our store. What what did what did that time period do as far as self-reflection and analysis and, and figuring out kind of who and what you wanted to be going forward? You mean after I threw up in the garden on <laughs> March 16th, 2020, which I'm after we furloughed our entire team? You know, that that whole thing was was dramatic with a capital D and yeah. not not knowing. You know, we were on we were sort of in that retail wasteland that came post retail. You know, stores were closing and e-commerce. And just the notion that our cooking school and, you know, a huge part of our identity really is that content and that experience that comes from the cooking school and cooking classes and events. Mm -hmm. And that was closed and done. And while we could do the retail piece, the store was closed. People came, you know, they had to pre-order and send it up there. Everybody was cooking at home. And I think it took the world probably two months, three months to kind of figure out, well, what is this new cadence? Because it started as two weeks, and then it became four weeks, yeah. and then it was, right. you know, two months, and it was it was really intimidating and somewhat daunting. Too. And for us, you know, sure we could have the retail stores open, but our concept is really attached to all the areas of the business. So for it to do well, we need the classes open and events open because people tend to shop. When well, otherwise, let's be honest. Like uh, I think we've seen this with all forms of retail. Like retail is trying to create now what you guys have been doing for fifty years, which is experiences yep. that drive you to kind mm-hmm. of emotionally connect with the product and mm-hmm. then want to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. But you guys have been doing that since since the beginning. If you were just doing retail, I you know, how do you compete with William Sonoma and then Amazon? I right. mean more realistically, like how do you compete with that? I'm sure as you analyze it, you're like I don't know if we can. Exactly. Yep. And well, and were, in, I was going to say in our channel, we're called Independent Specialty Gourmet and the Housewares Association of the United States. And um before the like say at the start of the retail pandemic, there were 895, I think was the last number mm. I heard, of us, our our type of retailer. And now there's less than 350. So in the span of 10 years, we lost across the country. So to be just a straight-up retailer, man, you 
scary. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're throwing up in the garden again. Yeah, for sure. on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. regularly. Yeah. Carl and Marie and Gavin from Cooks Belcourt. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. I want to talk about the pastries and sort of some of the favorites that you found and what you guys have found as a business as far as what that experience has done for traffic coming into these stores. And then we'll get some favorites, your, some of your favorite places to go visit that aren't your own. That's always a fun part of DeRussia Eats 419. We're back in just a minute here on Drive Time. Well, we have been reporting that there was going to be another vote today at the U.S. House to see if, uh, you know, back when I ran for student council in eighth grade and didn't get enough votes. And I was like, could we do this again? And they said, no, is what happened. You lost. But in the U.S. House, they just have more votes. They just keep them coming. Uh, apparently second vote is not going to happen today. So CBS will update you at the top of the hour. It's 424. Derusha Eats brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board and Liquor Boy in St. Louis Park. We have uh, Carl Benson, Marie Dwyer, Gavin Case, and Cooks at Belcor. Cooks Belcor. You're in Edina, St. Paul, and the North Loop. Yep. And Gavin, the bakery uh, obviously is your focus. But you've got what? What is the top kind of? What are the top sellers at the bakery? Is it the croissant? Is it the cake? Uh, the crepe cake? Almond croissant, almond chocolate croissant. almond croissant, um, crepe cake sells, and then savory. <clears throat> well, savory we change, but lately the chicken Caesar wrap has been a big one. Um, whenever we do soups, we'll do the chicken and wild rice soup coming up soon. That'll Huge fly. Seller. Uh, if my kids had any reaction to it, they would say the macaroon. Right, they uh, just love, they want those cookies. Of course, all the time. Why wouldn't they? stacks of them in the freezer? Did and, you basically just take the recipes that you were using, and why is that at that bakery, or or did a lot of the did things have to change as you kind of scaled up to three nope. locations? No, nothing had to change. I mean, a majority of all of it started in Spoon and Stable for brunch. Oh, that's right. So yeah. <clears throat> all of the Belcor testing happened at Spoon at our brunch. That's what that's what that was. Huh? Yep. Yeah. That's why we always did that counter at Spoon, and it still is there. Um, but it all started there, and then we just moved all those recipes, which we knew then worked and people liked, to then Wyzetta when we opened that bakery, and then to North Loop, and then St. Paul, and now Edina. All three of you are very trim and fit, which makes me concerned <laughs> uh, because you, you know, you're not supposed to trust a skinny baker. Uh, how do you guys police yourself because you're surrounded by such deliciousness every day, Marie? I would say it's just one bite. Yeah. That's my, my whole take on it is it's one bite. And I don't know. I when d- we do tastings, it's pretty aggressive. <laughs> okay. We have to eat a lot of food. <laughs> we do. But it's, like, it's one bite. She's it's also like- not speaking to the fact that she is a insane yogi. She does yoga like mm. nobody's business. Now, didn't so. you two like like – Kind of retreat from the not leaving the city, but but find yourself a little bit of a respite during COVID. We did. So um, we are project people. We love a good project, whether it's a store or a bakery or whatever it is. So we uh, renovated. We found in tw- summer of 2020, we found uh, a log cabin from 1910 had only one family had owned it the whole time and um, in the middle of the woods on a tiny little lake and we've been renovating it ever since so Gavin is just shaking his head I know like, he thinks zero percent crazy. chance zero you would ever do that nope. I, I have offered his way to the hardware store he I've, doesn't, I've told Gavin I'll take him to the Home Depot he doesn't know. he's like I'm not interested yeah. <laughs> isn't your wife a designer like isn't this like part of the magic I, listen my I bought my wife like a tool belt for Christmas one year like I don't I don't 
But you, you're not touching that. it. You're not. It's not that I'm not touching. I just don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. I know my lane. You know your I lane. I stay. I cook. I bake. I open up bottles of wine. Well, and here's a funny story. When we did, I'll our, entertain in your cabin. <laughs> Gavin, you. Gavin did a wonderful event at Cooks for our 50th anniversary, and before we got started. It was literally five minutes before we got started. The, uh, one of our team came up and said, the toilet in the bathroom stopped working. Sure. And I was like, what the? And I yeah. went and dug, and I went to the hardware store, and I fixed the toilet before Gavin kicked off his event. And See? it was like. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do anything. Why? Everything's, everything's done. Everything's done. If you surround yourself, yes. This I mean, is, you uh, just tell somebody. This is sort of my away. approach. And, I was, our, and our little cabin is an evolution of that. It's. Does that keep you creatively kind of stimulated? Uh, you know. You know, I used absolutely. to. We talked about it just that's this afternoon. Me. It's for me. I, I started cooking was a hobby for me, and that's kind of how I got connected to cooks. And um, now that we're empty nesters, it's like. I like that hands-on stuff. So Marie sketches out all these things, and then I'm like, okay, how do I figure out how to... Except for the log part. Like, yeah. you, you were a little... No, I didn't do the no, logs. No, you couldn't do the logs. We had guys yeah, that... No. They're like neighbors, or not... They're in the neighborhood up there, and they yeah. came over to do a little addition on the screen porch. And they were so excited because they said in their 25 years mm-hmm. of history, they've never had a project where all they used was their chainsaw. Oh, that's cool. So how do you unplug, Gavin, and get that kind of creative juices and keep... Is, is there a, non, a question. I mean, non-work, non-culinary thing that kind of gets you gets you jazzed? Yeah, I mean, honestly, usually like hanging out with my kids and being with them yeah. with their sports activities. I mean, you have a son who's in soccer. I have one who's in baseball. I have another one who's in hockey. And just being able to unplug and go to those, you're not the chef. You're not... Yeah. You know, you're, you're not... Gavin, like you're just Julius's dad or Emil's dad, right? right? You're just the dad, so like that's it, and you just go out there and you just do that. It's a completely it is a recharging, totally, yeah, yeah, and it's humbling when it's eight o'clock in the morning, it's pouring rain, and it's sixty degrees or fifty degrees <laughs> outside, and you're like, I got to do this. And yeah. Maria and I did the same thing with our kids. They're they're all in their mid twenties to early thirties, yeah, and we spent twenty two years at the ski hill. For ski races, yeah. freezing our tails off. So the first year when they were, when the last of the two were in college, we were like, "Ah, oh, this is so good. We don't have to go freeze our tails off anymore." And then along about year three after that, I'm like, "We got to find some kids to go watch their <laughs> high school." It is high school yeah, we're racing we're camp. starting to knock on that like empty, being close to being empty nesters. Mm-hmm. We have a junior in high school, so we still have two more years mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And it goes fa- fast. It goes Gavin fast. Had, he's close to being a. Well, no, actually, you're not. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Okay, got a while. You got a while. You got a while. Cooks, yeah. Belcourt, three locations. I want to ask you guys places you like to visit, restaurants uh, that you want to recommend that are not your own. What do you think, Marie? Where do you like Why to go? Why am I first? Um, I like All Saints a lot, mm. just over the bridge. Yes. Love All Saints. Excellent. Um, that kind of, it's the mushroom, like the salt. Lo- that's exactly, we had this conversation earlier. It's the salt and pepper mushroom. Salt and pepper mushroom love those. is in like my top 10 of like new local dishes over the yeah. last five years. It's a really good so spot. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to go. So, my, um, as all my friends know, I'm first born in the United States. My parents are Swedish. So, Stockholm is, I just, 
It's Wait, my spot. he said local. It's all right. You can go Stockholm. No. Stockholm, Wisconsin. Not cheater. I, I assume you meant in the United and States. Oh, I, I assumed you meant Wisconsin. Go, yeah. I was just trying to, you know, take it up, like, out wide the notch. And there's a tiny little cafe under the opera house called Bakfikian. And Bakfikian is a, it's 12 or 15 seats, and it is just Swedish comfort food. And huh. I like to go there right from the airplane. If we go to Arlanda, then I go. We go take the cab right there with our suitcase, Wheel our suitcase. and then I take the suitcase back to Bakfikan before we get on the cab to go back to the airport. So there's mine, Bakfikan. Wow. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I don't. That's know a tough one for folks to be able to go to. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, they'll right. remember. It's that. It's uh-huh. worth it. Make a trip. Yeah. There's a lot of great spots. I mean, Mur- Muriel in St. Paul has been. I think she's Karen's doing a great job. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really personal. I got to get back there. It's been a while for yeah. me. Yeah, she's doing really, really great food. The hospitality is fantastic. The room's great. Um, I think they do a they do a tremendous job. Good. All right. Yeah. Two actionable recommendations and one ridiculous. So yeah, perfect. That's yeah. Right. Well, it's okay. Job, you know, actually, to be honest, Jason, that's kind of like our meetings. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's always two actionable points, then there's Carl's. Yeah. And then they say, yeah. can you go fix something? And that's how I redeem that's myself. That's why things I'm keep like, breaking. Tangent. Okay. Uh, if we want unique, local retail in our communities you have to go support it and i do think yes. like the genius is that you have the belcor component brings people in the door with more frequency but it's a reminder of like hey if you don't support yeah then it'll be gone so you can't you you have to go support it if you think it matters i think it matters yeah and I, I think yeah. i think you touched on it earlier too i mean there's this there is a renaissance in terms of how people are going out to shop Right. And this the idea of retail or whatever it is, and you're seeing all of these, um, it's becoming experiential. And so how do you give somebody an experience? Because we love to have that experience yeah. when we go out. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a term that we use is immersive. So when you come into the space, particularly in, in our space, um, you can smell pastry. You can sign up for a class to create pastries you can buy the equipment to make the pastry so it is a completely immersible and you can hang out you can hang out and eat you can sit inside or outside yeah it's, it's a complete cool. experience marie dwyer carl benson gavin Kaysen, cooks belcor thank you guys so much Thanks, thank jason. you for having us really great hey it's jason to russia with a message from minnesota's pig farmers discover the meat of the north Pork. Pork is as Minnesotan as the lakes, trees, and people who call this state home. Did you know there are more than 30,000 pig farming families? They live and work in the North Star State, raising one of the safest, most delicious meats the whole world can enjoy. Pork is something we enjoy in the DeRussia family at least a few times a week. Maybe it's pork loin roast, shoulder, pork chops, ribs, bacon. Oh, I'm getting hungry just talking about it. It's so affordable, too. If you're looking for recipes, MNPork.com's got them. Great recipes like dilled pork cutlets, Parmesan-crusted pork chops, and you can feel good about eating pork from Minnesota farmers. They've been reducing their carbon footprint with better genetics, new technologies, and more. Pick up pork tonight for dinner at your local meat market or grocery store. Let's have Minnesota pork for dinner. Oh, yeah. DeRussia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason DeRussia. Prince is a key part of her story. Vanessa Drews started Cheesecake Funk. Gosh, it's been 20 years now, hasn't it, Vanessa? About? Since I started baking, yes. When did you start baking cheesecakes? 20 years ago. 
For family and friends. You were just making it at home. Mm-hmm. And now your business, Cheesecake Funk, uh, you're in how many different restaurants now? I'd say about 15. Wow. Across the Twin Cities. Have You have really had tremendous success over the last couple of years, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I've all hustle and grinding and knocking on doors and saying to restaurateurs, try my cheesecake. So it is hustle yeah. because I first met you through hustle. You were like, Jason, you got to try my cheesecake. Come try my cheesecake. And I drove out to your commercial kitchen yep. and you gave me a cheesecake mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Thank you. So the hustle is key, right? Because otherwise, like, how do people find out about you? Right. I mean, all day, every day, I'm thinking of how to get more orders, how to connect with people, how to connect with new restaurants, just how to get my cheesecake out there. Because you're right. People love desserts. Like, why not reach all people in the Twin Cities who want a good dessert? Whether they like cheesecake or not. Right, right. And part of what makes Cheesecake Funk unique is that you your variety of flavors is enormous. Right. And um, the hustle can get attention, but it's got to be good. Right. Right? Like yeah. that, at a certain point, the hustle only goes so far, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me your story because your background is not as a professional baker. No. You were working sort of in a corporate job, right? Yeah. I was a senior paralegal at Robbins Kaplan LLC for 20 years. Big time law firm. Big time law firm. And you were doing big time work. Yeah. My first trial was right next door. Oh, really? At the hotel. We were held up in here for a while. Yeah. um, Doing a large products liability litigation. Um, Yeah. Did you guys win? Yes. All right. See. Yes. I mean, I knew. I know. I'm glad you. I mean, that'd be awkward. So, so you're doing that sort of work, and you were just baking for fun. Yeah, for family and friends. And over time, it was pretty much known that I should not go to a family or friends event without bringing a cheesecake. <laughs> that was the expectation. Yeah, yeah. And did people say to you, "Oh, you should do this as a job," or or were people just enjoying the? The I think a lot of people said, oh, you should sell this, you should sell this. But saying that and doing that are two totally different things if I want to try to support myself. Um, so I just really just kept on going. And usually Thanksgiving and Christmas, I tried to stop. But then mm. people would always be like, you know, where's the cheesecake? Can I get a cheesecake for Thanksgiving? And it just, it stuck. And um, in 2013, I started working for Prince on the side. So how does that happen? You know, through a lot of, you know, friends of friends that know him. And I just got called one day and asked if I wanted to sell merchandise. Hmm. And so what was that like? I mean, think about 2013. Yeah. Great time musically for Prince. Great time for Prince and Chan Hassan in, in the Twin Cities as yeah. well. Yeah, he was starting um, to, he started his new band, Third Eye Girl. Um, First show was at Dakota. Um, I was like one of the first people to stand in line. And I think maybe he might have remembered me from that Mm, concert. From that show. um, Because I, you know, not crazy, but like I was right there in his face, like when he came out along with everybody else. And um, he actually gave me some flowers 
at one point and then walked off stage. <laughs> I was like, Sweet, I got some flowers. But and then um, you got connected with him. Yeah. And so you would uh, uh, bake for concerts or for the no, bands so, or what were you doing? No, I basically just I sold merchandise. So I oh, would oh, go out it. there. So when you go to a concert, yeah. all the merch is set up. I would set up all the merch. Sure. And sell the merch. My other hustle while I was working at um, the law firm was I always was a bartender. So the bartender experience of hustling drinks and selling merchandise was pretty much the same. Um, So I would just bring cheesecakes in and tell band members and staff, like, hey, there's some cheesecakes in the fridge. Welcome to Minnesota. You know, have some cheesecakes when you're not rehearsing. And um, he found it in the fridge one day or night, I don't know, and then started tweeting about – Basically, Cheesecake Funk. He added the reference to Cheesecake Funk on some invitations that he posted onto Twitter, which then people from around the world saw this. And so there was the name. and um, So Prince named it. Yeah. <laughs> he sure did. I mean, how do you deny it? You have to, you have to take the name when, when Prince comes up yeah. with that. Oh, I mean, how- how special, right? Yeah. I can tell just looking at you, like, it, it just telling the story takes you back uh, to that time and to Prince. Mm-hmm. I wish he was here to, so I could thank him, you know, but I do think that he was such a supporter of women, and um, I think he would be very proud of the hustle that I've done mm. um, and just getting cheesecakes out there. Yes, he liked it. But also just providing a quality dessert to the Twin Cities, which he loves so much. Vanessa Drews is with us. Cheesecake Funk is the name of her business. Uh, Prince's favorite was? Turtle. Uh, and you were surprised that he ate it, right? I think a totally lot of people. surprised. Well, a lot of people thought Prince was vegan. It's not right. a vegan cheesecake. Not at all. No. <laughs> not at all. No. I mean. Cheese is right in the name. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he ate it, loved it. But more importantly, I mean, I think you underscore the right point, right? And I I think as someone who uh, I've tried to be vocal supporting you, I like you more than the cheesecake. Thank you. And I like the cheesecake, but like yeah. you are uh, easy. Well, I don't know. I never had to work for you, so maybe you're not easy <laughs> to like. But to me, you're very easy to like and you want to yeah. see you succeed. There's something to that. Thank you. Yeah, I I try to just be kind and just baking and providing good desserts to people just brings me so much joy. Now, COVID was tough, right, for everybody. And you were uh, in the early days, you were in a pub and then you were selling and you still do sell direct to people, right? Right, right. But uh, COVID uh, was a scary time for your business, right? Yeah, I mean, it was. I resigned from the firm at the end of August 2019. You're like, I'm going to do it. Yep, going to do it. I'm going to invest in in myself. Like, let's go. I had two young children at the time. My oldest was about to start kindergarten, and I'm a single mom, you know. And so I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to bet on myself, and we're going to do this. Um, Fast forward to February 1st of 2020. I um, started at my new kitchen where I met you at, at Kitchen Space right. on Lindale. Um, and 
two weeks later, I was going to be um, on, printed on the menu at all Crave restaurants across the Twin Cities. Then 18 days later, all of the restaurants oh. shut down. Oh. I still had my kitchen rent, you know, my rent where I was living at the time to support my kids. Like, So it was a lot. And then moving forward through the scary times, I'm not a restaurant. Right. So I was never um, – I was never under any umbrellas of emergency small business help. You didn't have any PPP or any of the... I got the first PPP. The first PPP. Um, but not this, the restaurant revitalization no, fund. Because no, you weren't a restaurant. No. I you was sort denied. of fell through the cracks there. Your type of business was not really in the rescue plan. Never. And the only rescue that I did have was... Um, because I'm a licensed food processor manufacturer, I was able to get vaccinated right after teachers. Hmm. Interesting. But everything else. But otherwise, no. I mean. Yeah, a lot of the. Everything. Sort of one person, two people operations had a similar fate, right? Catering. Catering. Yeah. yeah. Vanessa Drews is the owner, head baker, Cheesecake Funk. We'll talk about where. You can find your cheesecakes. We'll talk about what it's like to be a black woman running a business and some of the help you got from Shaletta as well, yeah. which was really fun. And you brought some cheesecake in. We're going to make the newsroom t- try some cheesecake. It, we really had to fight hard to get <laughs> to get people to come in and try it. It's 420. DeRussia Eats is brought to you by Liquor Boy and the Minnesota Pork Board. More with Vanessa Drew's Cheesecake Funk coming up on CCO. All right, the taste testing crew is here from the newsroom. Taylor Rivera, Mark Fry, Vanessa Drews is our guest. She brought in a couple samples of her cheesecake funk. Vanessa, what flavors did you bring in? White chocolate caramel and banana cream. All right, Taylor, step up to the microphone. Yeah, I know. Taylor's like 10 feet away from the microphone. I know you're new to the newsroom relatively, but you have to get closer to the microphone. (laughs) Taylor, take the bite. What do you think? This is so good. So I, I couldn't wait to take another bite. I know. Mark, which flavor do you have over there? I mean, uh, chocolate and caramel, uh, you're preaching to the choir over here. So it's right. unbelievable. And the, the banana one's really good, too. I'll I know that's a really good description. Cream. but It is really good. What what When you developed your recipe, like, what were you looking for? Because cheesecakes can be very different. Some are really light and airy and fluffy. Some are more dense. Like, what were you going for? You know, the cheesecake base is so simple, and that is standard. Did you just get the recipe from the back of the Philly cheesecake? No, I didn't. That's, <laughs> my mom, can I tell you this? My mom made a legendary cheesecake in our family. And when I went off uh, after college, she gave me a book of all her recipes. And one day, I go to make the cheesecake, and I have the Philly cheesecake you know, or, or the the Philly cream cheese. And I'm looking at the back and I'm like, my mom is a fraud. Her family recipe is the same stupid recipe on the back of the Philadelphia brand cream cheese. But it's pretty good. But yeah. your base is not that, but it is pretty base. It's super right? like cream cheese, sugar, eggs, and vanilla is the base. Yeah. For all the cheesecakes. And then you just use amazing quality ingredients to make amazing vanilla bean whipped cream to go on top. Yeah, that whipped cream you know? 
is glorious on the banana is cream. Better your mom's or this? One? Oh, whose is better? My mom's. <laughs> my mom's is no better. No offense taken if it's mom. I mean, love the, all the moms. My mom lives in Chicago, so I don't have to pander. <laughs> but if any of you people send this audio to my mother, I will hunt you down. <laughs> uh, Vanessa, being a black businesswoman, it it does come with challenges, right? When you're trying to get distribution or trying to get capital or investment, tell me kind of what your journey has been like there. Um, you know, honestly, um, I did receive the first PPP, which was great. Um, the second one I tried to, I literally had a banker tell me my business was too small and he couldn't help me. Huh? And I'm like, thanks. You're like, I know it's small. That's why I'm talking to you. Right. Um, so it's hard to grow. Yeah. So the other, um, thing that I've, you know, worked with, I worked with women venture, um, an amazing organization who without their support, um, I honestly don't think I'd be here. Cheesecake Funk is the name of the business. Vanessa Drews is the owner. You are in a number of restaurants. Where can people find it? Uh, all Twin Cities Crave Restaurants, uh, Butcher's Tail downtown Union. That's Rooftop. pretty new Butcher that you're at Butcher's Tail, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Butcher's Tail. Um, Mark and I were just talking about yep. Butcher's Tail. So I bake at the Still- Minneapolis Marriott Southwest Hotel in Minnetonka. You can also find it on the menu there. So if you stay at the hotel, you can order oh, it in cool. room service. Which is kind of nice. And you'd like to be in more restaurants, right? Yeah. Yep. So people should tell their favorite restaurant if you know the owner or whatever. Yeah. 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 That would be and people can buy it by the slice then at the restaurant, which yes. is fun, right? Yep. And then you sell it on uh, your website, cheesecakefunk.com. Mm-hmm. And they're all made from scratch. Yes. So how long does it take to make? These cheesecakes are big. Like how this big is, is the 10 inch? You got a 10 inch? I have a small 8 inch as well. Okay. And then how long does it take to make a cheesecake, would you say? About 48 minutes. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> Just, can you tell? Like the, <laughs> the small businesswoman knows the answer. Uh, yeah. What's your dream when you think about the future of your business? I would love to have, to be in more locations, to have my own space. I would love to ship it across the country. Mm. I would love to ship it. Um, shipping is difficult for dairy as a small yeah. business. Gotta hold, um, holding the temperature is critical. Right. So I would love to ship it um, and just become that dessert. When people visit Minnesota, um, they have my cheesecakes. It's also uh, the only food offered daily to fans who visit Paisley Park every day. Oh, nice. Nice. So those are some good spots where you can check it out. Yeah. Uh, this is the part of Derusha Eats where I ask for three recommendations from you uh, that you don't own. So go ahead. What are some of your favorite spots to visit? You know, my favorites. Um, so I have two young children. Hi, Isaiah. Hi, Ellie. Um, we love to go to Lago Taco in Excelsior. Oh, yeah. Nice. The nachos. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and then we usually walk down the road and go to Sebastian Joe's. Yes. To get some um, salted caramel ice cream. It's so good. So good. And then just see the water and it's pretty. Um, And then I will say my third is um, Butcher's Tail. I do love it. I love their beer garden, Wagyu. That's where Mark was in the beer garden. I just went the other night for the first time and it was amazing. So Butcher's Tail is on Hennepin uh, right in downtown Minneapolis. It was the original Location for Butcher and the Boar, it's sort of confusing because now there's another Butcher and the Boar, but Mm -hmm. Butcher's Tale is awesome. 
Vanessa, you're the best. We're all cheering for you. Thank you. So go look it up. Cheesecake Funk. Prince approved. So it's good enough for us, right? Exactly. If you want to follow on Instagram, I am very active with posting delicious content. Yeah, very good. And Shaletta helped you out, and you were part of a, a TV ad, right? Yeah, at yeah, Carol a commercial. Yeah, very cool. Commercial. We love it. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast. On WCCO Radio, 830 AM, we do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m., The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email Jason at Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Jason at Odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRussia Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.